Thank you so much, Lord God, for um, humor, a chance to laugh at things that sometimes are a little bit difficult or bumps in the road. We thank you, Lord, for your kindness to us in so many different ways. We pray for our friends, Bill and Benny Kaysen. We ask you to just continue to watch over them and sustain them. We pray for uh, Stephen, uh, Tina's daughter, Mandy. We ask you to be with her, be with her husband, be with, the, be with their daughter, and we pray for your grace to be there and your peace to prevail. Lord, we pray that you'd be with us as we enter into class, as we look at Psalm 29, that uh, we would be encouraged and reminded and strengthened. And then, Lord, we pray that you would bless all those who are trying to get here and see through the clouds of their heads, that you would keep them safe, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Yes, that's exactly right, which is always good. All right, so... The Psalms, we're going to do Psalm 29, I'm calling it Storm and Serenity. So let's, uh, uh, Psalm 29 is being passed out, a paper copy is being passed out if you don't have it. Um, so let's read. The Psalm of David, ascribe to Yahweh, O heavenly beings, ascribe to Yahweh glory and strength, ascribe to Yahweh the glory due His name. Worship Yahweh in the splendor of holiness. The voice of Yahweh is over the waters. The God of glory thunders the Lord over many waters. The voice of Yahweh is powerful. The voice of Yahweh is full of majesty. The voice of Yahweh breaks the cedars. The, Yahweh breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of Yahweh flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of Yahweh shakes the wilderness. Yahweh shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of Yahweh makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in His temple, all cry, Glory! Yahweh sits enthroned over the flood. Yahweh sits enthroned as king forever. Yah uh, may Yahweh give strength to His people. May Yahweh bless His people with peace. And so that's Psalm 29. Did you see anything, anything in that psalm that sticks out to you? Um, maybe that tracks it or draws it to the previous psalm or, or, or other things that just stick out very quickly. It is full of praise. Absolutely. Declaration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll talk about more about the visuals in just a minute and the audios. He is crying out to God, yeah, but it, and it's not necessarily a cry of help me, but it's a different kind of cry. Yeah, declaration, praise, this is who you are, yeah. Great, okay, well good, well let's move on then. So I'm calling it Storm and Serenity. Uh, breaks down something like this, beckoning, verses 1 and 2, breaking, verses 3 through 9, and then be calming. I, I worked hard at B words this time, okay, to change from P. So beckoning, breaking, and be calming. All right, so beckoning. Uh, who, well, actually, before we do that, let's do this, okay? I want to do a mixture of Hebrew and English and see if you can hear the audio aspect of this. So just listen. Habu Yahweh, O heavenly beings, 
Havula Yahweh, Kavod and strength. Havula Yahweh, Kavod do his name. Hishtakvu Yahweh in the splendor of holiness. Kol Yahweh is over the waters. The God of Kavod thunders. Yahweh over many waters. Kol Yahweh is powerful. Kol Yahweh is full of majesty. Kol Yahweh breaks the cedars. Yahweh breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. Kol Yahweh flashes forth flames of fire. Kol Yahweh shakes the wilderness. Yahweh shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. Kol Yahweh makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry, Kavod! Yahweh sits enthroned over the flood. Yahweh sits enthroned as king forever. May Yahweh give strength to his people. May Yahweh bless his people with peace. So maybe intermingling a little Hebrew in there to hear what the original writer and the original singers would have heard. Anything come up there? Did you pick up anything that way? No. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very hard guttural sound, okay? So we'll come back to the picture that's actually being pictured in there audibly as well as descriptively because it's extremely important, okay? So as you look at verse 1 and 2, who is being beckoned to do what? Verse 1 and 2, who's being beckoned to do what? The heavenly beings, the B'nai Elim, the sons of the God. Okay? What is it? What are they be, what is it? What are they being beckoned to do? Yeah. So worship the Lord. Ascribe the Lord glory. The glory and strength. Kavod and strength. Okay? And so they're being called into worship. Now I find that interesting. I find that very useful and important for us to remember that here are earthly worshipers calling heavenly beings to come and worship. Okay? I find that interesting because this also goes with the New Testament in some ways. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3, do you not know that we are to judge angels? How much more than matters pertaining to this life? Paul brings up the fact that we actually will be the judges of angels. And so if you think about that and you come to Psalm 29, you go, oh, if we're going to be those who judge angels, then in some way God is actually giving us, given us, if you want to call it authority, to beckon even heavenly beings to come worship. Angels to come worship. Okay? In fact, in Psalm 103... Back in Psalm 103, verses 20 through 22, Bless Yahweh, O you His angels. Notice, here's a human calling on angels again, okay? Calling on them to worship. Bless Yahweh, O His angels, you mighty ones who do His word, obeying the voice of His word. Bless Yahweh, all His hosts, His ministers who do His will. Bless Yahweh, all His works. So now here's a human calling upon all, his, all God's works. In all places of his dominion, bless Yahweh, O my soul. So here are, and that fits. If you remember Genesis 1 and 2, when God makes humankind, what does he make humankind to be? Not just to do, but to be. Huh? Yeah, in his image, we're to be in his, we are in his image. There's no, we don't make ourselves that way. We're already that way, right? Huh? Have dominion. 
So we're, we're subordinate authorities under Yahweh. That's what makes Adam's, part of what makes Adam's fall so horrendous is that here's, the, here's God's appointed leader leading all creation into captivity. Okay? And so you go the other direction. Here's God's uh, subordinate leaders calling all creation, heavenly beings and earth, to come worship. The right thing we're supposed to be doing. And so you have that in Psalm 29. Well, we do it every Sunday. We do the same in worship in our assembly. Anybody know this by any chance? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Notice earthly human beings who are subordinate leaders under God calling all creation and all heavenly beings to come worship. We're simply being biblical as we sing that doxology. Okay? Isn't that interesting? Do you, you ever thought about that when you sing the doxology? Or does your mind just slip into autopilot and just kind of... Right? It's okay, because it happens, right? But it's, it's really interesting. We're actually called upon this part of our creation mandate to call all creation into worship. Okay? And in our communion service we do this almost all i think every month we have a section something like this in communion almighty god we praise you we join together with all the heavenly beings with all the prophets apostles holy martyrs and with all those who in every generation have looked up to you and hope and been adopted in christ we proclaim together with them your glory singing holy 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 lord and so forth but that's in there not as a Roman Catholic hangover. It's one of those things that maybe they got right. Where we're actually calling on all creation to worship, which means then we're calling all, we're, we're part of all creation, heavenly beings, all worshiping the Lord. Which is a powerful reminder, at least for me, every Sunday when we have, when we do the Lord, as we do the Lord's Supper, we do this prayer, it just forcefully reminds me that it's not just our group that's gathered to worship. We're part of a ginormous worship service. The Great Assembly, Makahalim, right? How's that for early on 12th of March when you've lost an hour and your eyes are a little foggy, right? But Yeah, right. Yeah. Very good. Okay, so, oh, before we move on. So, as you look then at those first two verses, the beckoning, that's what we're doing. That's what's happening. We're calling all, we're calling it specifically here the heavenly beings. But then throughout the Psalms, it's not just heavenly beings, it's creation. And it makes sense, and it's very biblical to do that. And so, there you go. Ascribe to Yahweh, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to Yahweh glory and strength. Ascribe to Yahweh the glory due His name. Worship Yahweh in the splendor of holiness. And there's more we could say about all those different little aspects. Any of those you want to ask about real quick before we move on? I don't want to move too fast. It's only 8.45 according to the clocks. And so we got lots of time. Yes! No. All right, well, let's look at verses 3 through 9, breaking, okay? 
Here's what I want to do. I'm going to go back and read this again. And this time I want you to think of, you're from Oklahoma, so you've heard this, okay? You've been outside when a big thunderhead comes moving in, right? And if you don't have your air conditioner up or anything like that to tone out the noise, you hear it. You hear this rumbling storm come barreling through, and it's, it's rumbling, 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 and then there's this gap. And then rumbling, rumbling, and then this gap, right? And things like that. So listen again, and think of a thunderstorm as I read it uh, in both English and in Hebrew and English. Kol Yahweh is over the waters. The God of Kavod thunders. Yahweh over many waters. Kol Yahweh is powerful. Kol Yahweh is full of majesty. Kol Yahweh breaks the cedars. Yahweh breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. Kol Yahweh flashes forth flames of fire. Kol Yahweh shakes the wilderness. Yahweh shakes the wilderness. Kol Yahweh makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry, Kavod! So, think of a storm. A storm rolls in, and it crashes in. It crashes into our life settings and our situations, okay? And that's how God is being pictured, is this, as coming in as a storm, or the voice of the Lord especially, coming in as a storm. And as you sit through storms, you understand. I mean, deer do give birth when they are panicky. The very same power that strips trees, right? Lightning hitting and... Wind crashing, deer will give birth because they're in panic and they, it forces them into labor, okay? You talk about something that Steve was mentioning, all right? And you think about fire, flames of fire. Anybody ever seen lightning strike and then there's a fire, right? And you just see all the connections. There's all this storminess that's actually being pictured there as cold Yahweh. And so all of Psalm 29 looks and sounds like uh, a response to Psalm 28. What was the big deal in Psalm 28? You remember in verse 8 and 9. Uh, and I'm sorry, not verse 8 and 9, but verse 1. What was the problem in verse 1 of Psalm 28? Yes. Don't be silent to me. And then here comes Psalm 29. Call Yahweh. No silence, right? It's like Psalm 29 is a loud response to the prayer in Psalm 28. So there's that connection. There's also a later connection down in verse 10 and 11, in verses 8 and 9, uh, chapter 28, verses 8 and 9. That the Lord is the strength. So the Lord is the strength of His people. He is the saving refuge of His anointed. Oh, save your people. Bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Yahweh sits enthroned over the flood. Yahweh sits enthroned as king forever. May Yahweh give strength to His people. May Yahweh bless His people with peace. There's all these connections from these different psalms. Uh, these two psalms. So with all of the Kol Yahweh language startling and breaking in. Uh, does it remind you of anything in the New Testament? Kol Yahweh, this, the loud noise. <clears throat> Sounds like thunder. Does it remind you of anything in the New Testament? Yeah? 
and there's an earthquake. Yeah? Okay. How about John 12? Everybody turn to John 12 real quick. And somebody read, it's up here. John 12, 27 through 30. So somebody read John 12, 27 through 30. Psalm 29, the Kol Yahweh, the voice of Yahweh that thunders and crashes. And here when Jesus, when, the, uh, when uh, Philip and Andrew bring uh, some Gentiles, some Greeks to come meet Jesus, and Jesus says, now is the Son being glorified. And then the Father speaks and some hear thunder. Okay, I mean, just an interesting connection there. Psalm 29 should have kind of bring you to think about how God is pictured, or how God is referred to in the old, in the New Testament, even that thunder. You can go into the Book of Revelation. You can't miss all the loud noises surrounding God's throne. For example, you ladies who do in the Revelation class, that should go. Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah, all this thunder and lightning and stuff. It just fits. Psalm twenty-nine is a wonderful little passage. And so as you look at Psalm 29, verses 3 through 9, imagine that you're sitting on a Judean mountain and you're looking to the west. So you're looking kind of towards Jerusalem. Past Jerusalem would be what? What big body of water would be out west if you're sitting on a Judean mountain? Yes, the Mediterranean. That was an easy one, right? So you're looking out to the Mediterranean, looking out toward the west, and you see a huge thunderhead moving from southwest to northeast. So it's moving this way, right? So you're sitting here and you're watching it and it's moving up this way. And it comes in crashing and blowing and sheets of driving rain and so forth. Listen again. The voice of Yahweh is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord moves uh, over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks... So now it's moved inland. The, the Lord, uh, Yahweh, breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a wild ox. The voice of Yahweh flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of Yahweh shakes the wilderness. Yahweh shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of Yahweh makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bla- bare... And in his temple, all cry, glory. You can almost hear movement even as, a, as, as this pictured thundercloud comes in from over the sea and it moves over the mountain and it's moving northwest up toward Kadesh and it just keeps moving through. And David is sitting in the midst of it. Probably, I would imagine if he's, if he's experiencing this and it, it brings him to think of God, he's probably in the shelter of a cave somewhere watching all this. And therefore, when... So long ago, we went to Philmont Scout Ranch. Caleb and I, with our crew, went up there. We went on a a 10-day trek, which was amazingly difficult. (laughs) But it was great in many ways. 
And we're out hiking. We're on a 12-mile trek one day, and we're out hiking, and you can see the thunderclouds moving in, and we're keeping an eye on it. And we're watching, but it's far enough off that it looks like we're pretty safe. And then as we come around the bend in the trail, all of a sudden, the sky just lights up. And before the light goes away, there is this ground-shaking rumble and clap, right? It's lightning, and it's lightning, and then the thunder. I mean, it, it, your heart feels it, right? You feel it from the inside out. It is just unnerving. And thankfully, we all knew what to do and got down, did the things that we were supposed to do so we wouldn't be too many parts of us touching the ground. But it's just that physical aspect of thunder. It feels like an earthquake. I mean, so it's talking about Mount Sirion and, 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 and all that shaking and jumping. That would have been exactly what it felt like if you were in the middle of a thunderstorm and the lightning is striking all around you. Does that make sense? Okay. So with a driving fierce storm in mind, I already read it to you. Listen again for the stormy rhythm. I already read it to you in the Hebrew, with a mixture of Hebrew and English. But that seems to be the point. So here's David in the midst of a storm, and it takes his mind to who Yahweh is, to who the Lord is, and what he's like. Okay, and he's, So creation, creation, something happening in creation draws him to the Lord. I think that's pretty interesting. Something that's happening in creation draws him to the Lord. Okay. I think about some of our hymns. Oh, tell of his might and sing of his grace, whose robe is the light, whose canopy space. His chariots of wrath, the deep thunder clouds form, and dark is his path on the wings of the storm. I mean, just that stormy language is in one of our, one of our hymns. It's actually in um, oh, Worship the King, number two. Well, then this one which is, I sing the almighty power of God. Um, I sing the almighty power. There's not a plant or flower below, but makes your glories known. And clouds they rise and tempests blow by order from your throne. While all that borrows life from you is ever in your care. And everywhere that man can be, you, God, are present there. Just how even our hymns draw in creation things and say this reminds us of who God is and that God is involved in the storms and so forth. Okay, I love Psalm 29. It just evokes all these different hymns that we sing because they were probably thinking of Psalm 29 when they were writing. I don't know. Whatever the case is. So what are some of the different aspects of the thunderstorm that are mentioned? As you look at verses 3 through 9, what are some different aspects of thunderstorm that are mentioned? Yeah, shaking, breaking, flashing. Yeah, flood. Yeah. I mean, a thunderstorm comes in, it doesn't take long for all of a sudden all the little um, um, hollows and everything to start to swell, especially when you've got gravity, you know, and everything's running down. It all just comes rolling in. You have to be very, very careful about hiking through any of those areas when rain comes through because it'll wash you away. 
the birds stop singing. Yeah? But I'm talking about Psalm 29. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah. Yeah. There's that, there's that, like when we were at Philmont, you know, and it felt like the ground shook because it really did because the, the sound itself would make, every, would make the air shake. It would make everything feel like it was shaking. Yeah, powerful. The voice of the Lord is powerful. Hmm. I'm sorry? Yeah, the sound is invisible, right. But it has all these visible consequences. Yeah. Very good. Okay. So there's all these different aspects. He is using a thunderstorm as his uh, picture. So how is verse 6 then peculiar? This is the thunderstorm and is rolling in and then it keeps on rolling, verse 7 and following. How is verse 6 peculiar? There's something peculiar about it and I haven't figured it all out completely, but I think I've got an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost, because if you think about a calf skipping, calves don't skip out of, out of uh, fear. They run. Right? They skip because they've been closed up and now they're set free or it's fresh outside and they just they will they start, you know, gambling and kicking and right and especially calves. So uh Syrian like a young wild ox. Right? So there's some that's interesting. So there's some sense right in the middle, there's this aspect of a shocking joy in the midst of all that's going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but calves don't normally skip when they're startled. They usually run. Could be. Yeah, to dance. It's the Hebrew word. Okay? It's just interesting that all of a sudden, right smack in this thunderstorm is this moment of celebration. And, and, and the language even changes. You can see it in the English very clearly. So, Kol Yahweh, or the voice of Yahweh, God of glory, the Lord, the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord, the Lord. He breaks Lebanon. It's like there's this anticlimactic moment smack in the middle, almost as if, um, if you're thinking about a thunderstorm, it's like this momentary pause. We call it the eye of the storm or something. It's like this momentary pause before things start breaking again. And in that momentary pause, you begin to rejoice in the refreshment maybe of rain or the smell or you notice the birds now all of a sudden momentarily singing again. You didn't, you go, oh, I didn't hear the birds a minute ago. And there's this moment of reflection all of a sudden, boom, here comes the voice of Yahweh again. So it's almost like verse 6 is that eye of the storm kind of momentary pause and the picture there, the dance of the cattle and so forth is just really striking. Okay? draws you in. The psalm draws you in. Yes. Oh, you were one of those. Yes. Yes, there is an excitement to it. Yeah. Yeah. It is majestic. 
Yeah. Yeah. There is an excitement. There's an awe that comes with it. When you see something like that, there's an awe. And I think that's exactly what David is driving at. Using this thunderstorm as it was going through and it caused him, it brought him to awe of who God is and God's voice. And he's sharing that in this psalm. And I think that's exactly right. So here's something that happens in creation that draws him in awe to the Lord. Okay? It's really a... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One, one day, one evening, Ann and I were driving. It was just recently we were driving. It was that storm that didn't want to come to the north side of Oklahoma City because it doesn't like the north side. I don't know what the deal was. But it stayed on the south side. But we're driving down Rockwell, and you can see the thunderhead out there, you, or the, the, head, the clouds out there. And all of a sudden, it just it looks like, it looks like an artillery round hit or something. It was just like this, like this. And the, the lightning just went across the sky like this. And I said, did you see that? She's driving. Said, did you see that? Do you see that? She goes, I'm driving. You know, okay, you're right. But I had, the, I had the pleasure of watching all that happen. It was really amazing. I love that kind of stuff. So, good. So, um, so what is the response to the voice of Yahweh breaking out over the region? the end of verse 9. What is the response? Huh? Cry glory. All in His temple cry glory. And I find that intriguing. The temple's not been built yet. Remember, we talk about the fluidity of the words tabernacle, tent, house when it comes to David. Because he is going to move toward building a temple. Okay. In fact, the next psalm, when we get to Psalm 30, was actually written before he died uh, for the dedication of the temple. Okay? So, He's got that in mind at some point. But if you remember the tabernacle, what was inside the tabernacle later on the temple that would have maybe caught glimmers of the lightning if any of it had somehow peeped through the curtains? Huh? Yeah, all the inside is covered in gold. Right? And, and if gold is, I mean... It's hard to tarnish gold, and so it does glitter. And so if you've got lightning going on, I mean, even it kind of reflects. If it's running through that area, it's, it's glittering. So that just the idea that all in the temple. So it's not just the humans, but it's all, the, even what we would consider the inanimate aspects inside the tabernacle. All, the priests, everyone, everything is crying, kavod, glory. And so this thunderstorm brings that response from all all the worshipers and all the parts of worship itself and so kavod we probably it, it c-a-v-o-d or k-a-v-o-d either one yeah there it is kavod Okay, glory shows up in Psalm 29 four times. It shows up in verse 1, 2, 3, and 9. seems to be, besides Kol Yahweh, the voice of Yahweh, seems that Kavod is one of the centerpieces. And when you think of glory, uh, the Hebrew word actually uh, can mean heavy. Okay, and that's its actual initial meaning is heavy, something that is weighty. Grav- gravitas is what we would say if we were all Latins, Right? Gravitas, the weightiness of the Lord. And then with that then, uh, it's come to mean the sense of honor that is a weighty honor. So glory, okay? 
And so when Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, when he says this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory, he's playing off the Hebrew word, okay? And so that's the idea. And so um, this thunderstorm makes the Lord's majesty even weightier to David. This thunderstorm he's watching as it draws him to God makes God's majesty even weightier. Okay? And I think that's important for us to keep in mind. We can run through all the Scriptures, Old and New Testament. When you uh, live in an age where majesty is no longer considered a weighty thing, in fact, it's very flighty, everything's very light and fluffy the, and things like that, it's, in, it's important to be called back to remember the majesty of the Lord is a heavy thing, not heavy in a sense of oppressive, but it's really, it's weighty, it's meaningful, of great depth of meaning, okay? So, Del Ralph Davis, in his book, and I don't remember the title of it, but I've quoted it to you before, said this, says, When we see Yahweh's storm pounding and pummeling His world, perhaps our first response should be glory. Next time the tornado sirens go off, I dare you to say, glory! Yes! I did, I thought it was pretty funny, too. It's all in the temple cry, glory, you know. There's a place for verbal manifestations of praise that just break out. Glory! You know, Pentecostals, they got that one right. When they shout in the middle of a service, glory! What's wrong with that? Right? All in the temple cry glory. Okay. Yeah, amen. And we say all this and watch a thunderstorm come through and... All right, and so then the becalming, starting in verse 10 through 11, the becalming. So all of Psalm 29 is emphasizing a highly dramatic language, the fealty of verse 10 and the faith of verse 11. Here's what I mean. So notice the fealty, the loyalty. Yahweh sits in throne. This is the conclusion of this psalm. After seeing this thunderstorm and it drawing him to God and remembering the majesty and the heavy majesty of the Lord, it brings him then to say, verse 10, Yahweh sits enthroned over the flood. Yahweh sits enthroned as king forever. That's the fealty, the loyalty. This is who the Lord is, is and he believes it. He's enthroned. I am not the king. That's interesting. David is saying, yeah, I may be the king of Israel, but it's the Lord who's the king. Right? There's a fealty language there. And then comes the faith in verse 11. It's a it's prayer, but it's may Yahweh, the God who's the Lord who's enthroned, who sits enthroned, may Yahweh give strength to his people. The Yahweh whose voice shakes the earth, may he give strength to his people. May Yahweh bless his people with peace. And so the Hebrew word that's actually translated in verse 10 for flood is really only used one other time or Primarily, it's, it's used specifically for the watery day of judgment in Genesis 6. There's a couple of different words for flood. And the only other time that that's really used, that particular Hebrew word is used, is for the flood. So, interesting that David, is, as he's going through this thunderstorm and he's watching this flood come running down the mountains, his mind goes back to the story of God, God's watery judgment back in Genesis 6-9. through 9. And the Lord sat enthroned then, so the, storm, the flood was not out of control. 
The Lord sets, sat enthroned then. He sits enthroned now. So Derek Kidner in his uh, commentary says, so the psalm ends by showing God's power not as naked force, but as the instrument of judgment, verse 10, the flood, and salvation. Okay? And so that's how uh, verse 10 is the, uh, the flood has to do with judgment. Verse 11, salvation. The Lord um, gives strength to His people. The Lord blesses people with peace. And that fits because that's, that's what the gospel does. The gospel proclaims good news for some that's bad news for others, right? Judgment is not necessarily a bad thing for God's people because there at the day of judgment, there is vindication where God publicly proclaims, these are my people, they're my right ones, and those who rejected them, those who persecuted them, you are condemned, right? So what's good news for some is bad news for others. And so you have it right here in Psalm 29. You have uh, the psalm ending talking about God's power as the, uh, uh, as the instrument of judgment, the flood as an instrument of judgment, but then turn around, God's power is also salvation. God's power, God's voice, God's fear terrifies some and rejoices the hearts of others. Good news for some, bad news for others. And so Psalm 29, 11 falls right into Psalm 28, verses 8 and 9. So let's go back and look at those, the connections there. So Psalm 28, verse 8 and 9. Yahweh is the strength of His people. He is the saving refuge of His anointed. O oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. And then 29, 11, may Yahweh give strength. Notice the connecting words, strength and May God, Yahweh give strength to His people. May Yahweh bless His people with peace. So all kinds of little connections in Psalm 28 and 29. Before I get to some concluding thoughts, anything in the psalm that you want to bring up that you saw, you clarifications, confusions? Yes, Fred. Oh, that's a great that's a great application. Yeah, read Psalm twenty nine to the children in the midst of a or, or grandchildren in the midst of a thunderstorm. Great. Yes. No, no, it's the thunderstorm. We were talking about this earlier. The thunderstorm comes and power of the thunderstorm, right? The lightning strike and everything strips the cedars bare and the fear causes, induces labor. So it's not that every time a deer gives birth. That's not the point. The point is here comes the kol Yahweh, the voice of Yahweh as it's pictured in this thunderstorm and the power of it is such that it strikes, you know, it just, it, it strikes and it creates this kind of situation. Anybody else? 
So, um, some concluding thoughts. You're talking about reading, reading this during the thunderstorm with, to your kids. There was another aspect. In the Jewish Talmud, Talmudic tradition, Psalm 29 should be read at Pentecost, they would say. Now, you think about that, and you look at verses 3 through 9, then look at Ch- Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. So let's go to Acts 2, 1 through 4. Maybe we might actually have more reasons to recite Psalm 29 during Pentecost. Okay, so remember all of the stormy language of Psalm 29, 3 through 9, and then I'm going to read Acts 2. Come on. There we go. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues of fire as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, other languages, as, Yah- as the Spirit gave them utterance. I don't know if there's a, seems to me that there is a good light connection between Psalm 29 and Acts chapter 2. I mean, if you've ever been in a rush, you ever been in a house when rushing wind comes barreling through? No? Everybody's looking at me with glinty eyes. What are you talking about? Right? I mean, have you ever been in a windstorm? Have you ever? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's actually Bill. Bill's joints are squeaking and. But, I mean, so if you've ever been in a place um, when the wind comes rushing through, you can't hear, right? You can't even hardly talk to anyone, and it sounds like you're right in the middle of a, the intake of an F-16 fighter jet. And I've been there, by the way, so it's horrifying, scary. But it, it just has this rushing, roaring sound. And so here comes, Yah, here comes the Spirit of the Lord in this, in this picture, in this... Uh, event of this rushing wind that then doesn't just rush down the streets and out into the open field but rushes into this room where they're staying and so that even narrows it down how they felt it right in there I can imagine everything trying to hold down everything as it tries feels like it's running away and then the fire flames of fire tongues of fire breaking out on each other's heads and then the voice of Yahweh the spirit gave them utterance to speak languages and then interesting there's some, there's some overlap here between Pentecost, especially now for, as Christians, and Psalm 29 uh, as well. So I just wanted to point that out. No. No. I had talked about a zip line before that was someone. Could you see me coming in a zip line? No. Yeah, I would be a target. Yes, I would be. So the God of Psalm 29, remember this, became a man. The God of Psalm 29 became a man, and he too showed himself to be Lord over the storms. Mark chapter 4, which plays big in my last book because a huge story, especially as it's coupled with the next story in chapter 5, but Mark chapter 4. Verse 
35, on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side and leaving the crowd, they took him with him with them in the boat just as he was and other boats were with him and a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filled but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion and they woke him and said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, and in the Greek it's just two imperative words, Peace, still. That's what it is in in the Greek. Peace, be still. And the wind, what? Ceased. And there was a great what? Calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? The God of Psalm 29 became a man and showed himself to still be Lord over the storms, even bringing peace and calm with his peace be still. I don't know about you, but taking Psalm 29, not just reading it to our kids and grandkids during a thunderstorm, but maybe when your life is overrun with thunderstorms. Maybe reading Psalm 29, and remember this is Jesus who speaks, peace be still to the storm, who's the Lord over the storm. Maybe spending some time with with listening to Kol Yahweh, to the voice of the Lord and His potency, so that you too run in and you, you ascribe to the Lord glory that's due to Him and you join in the temple as they all cry out, Kavod, glory! Right? Psalm 29 is a really striking psalm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Psalm 46. John was talking about Psalm 46 and how in the midst of all of the raucous events going on in Psalm 46, twice it says, be still, know that I am, I am Yahweh, um, and so forth. And that's why Martin Luther turned that into a hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, as he's reflecting on Psalm 46, because he was going through some storms. So yeah, great. Anybody else? Anything else? I lied. We're not going to do Psalm 29 next week. We're going to do Psalm 30 next week. I can't believe I did that. We'll do Psalm 30 next week. Okay? All right, let's pray. Ascribe to Yahweh, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to Yahweh glory and strength. Ascribe to Yahweh the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Lord, we, we are about to enter into Your worship in the splendor of holiness to come to worship you. We pray that our hearts lifted up, our minds, um, our, the fog cleared mostly from our minds, that we come, Lord, with this, this, the weight of your majesty, that it, would lift, that it would lift our hearts. We'd remember who you are, and therefore we'd remember what you've done for us, 
and are doing and will do for us. We pray, Lord, you who sit enthroned over the flood, you who sit enthroned as king forever. We pray for your people. We pray for families going through storms. Tina mentioned what they're going through right now and others as well. We pray that, Lord, you would give strength to your people and you would bless your people with peace. We ask that of you, the very one who rose up in the bow of the boat in the storm and said, Peace, be still. And the storm and the wind obeyed. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.